0: cord on this computer we are now recording still free free to swear it's actually really funny because someone's like let me know if you if it gets sweary and if you want me to bleep and I was like is that a challenge because we can make it really sweary and make you bleep a lot um so,
1: at swearing, so yeah certainly when I'm in the room that's a problem so
0: swear away same here they actually gave up the first time they had me on the podcast as a guest they gave up bleeping because they couldn't keep up and i think i was
2: trying to be polite when i was being interviewed but slowly over time you know
1: forget it yeah (laughs)
0: like you know i mean
1: just market explicit
0: yeah exactly such wonderful part, yes yeah they have such wonderful terms of phrase like prat and whatever you know like <laughs> bollocks
1: parental oh, guidance i'll be trying to insert bullocks into my yes, sentences please. Now. <laughs> slaughter like i
0: do i say bullocks like b-u-l-l and it drives them completely crazy because that's apparently a small bull in england and it's not bollocks which is apparently something else.
1: O L L, not Bullocks. It's Bullocks. Yes. Well, the You're... problem is we had a department store here called Bullocks. <laughs> we did. Did you really? Yeah, San Francisco. It was old. It was old school men's store. I think. <laughs> no,
3: women's too.
1: It I don't bad. know. I think that's where my mom got my dad's Christmas presents shirt. <laughs> bullocks. There, who said it?
2: Bullocks. <laughs> I think I've got a box in this house that says bullocks on it.
0: We should send something to Simon in that box.
2: <laughs> I, like I, a
0: rolls and tubes present.
2: I will find it. It's all either right. here or at my mom's. I'm all sure. Right.
0: I wish actually I'm going to have to truncate the recording so he doesn't know because shh, that's a surprise. Um,
1: <laughs> you want to do like again to start?
0: Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. So. Any questions, comments, concerns, particular shenanigans, hot peppers to eat, no? Okay, everybody have a bottle? You don't have to have a bottle. All right, there we go. Um, Okay, well, let's get to work. Hey there, this is Eric Mathy, co-host of the Large Format Photography Podcast, and I am sadly bereft of the presence of Andrew and Simon, because they are asleep. It is 7.16 p.m. and some ungodly hour of the morning, evening, whatever it is, in Greenwich Mean Time. What does Greenwich Mean Time even mean? Anyways, and I'm doing a little pirate broadcast of the Large Format Photography Podcast with the incredible crew of the Rolls and Tubes project. Uh, one of whom we are all familiar with, Jenny Sampson, but three others you are not, but should be. We have Nicole White, Colleen Mullins, and Chrissy McDonald with us. And uh, they, the, the four of them have created a project called Rolls and Tubes, which my co-host Simon says, and I quote, Rolls and Tubes was, in my mind, an artistic high point of 2020. So... Welcome, Rolls and Tubes, gang, crew.
4: Posse. Thank you.
0: Posse.
1: Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. For all um, of those. <laughs> it's nice to be described as such.
0: As such. As the artistic high point or as a crew, a posse or like. <laughs> all of
1: it.
2: A, all yeah. of it. Yes. It's all, all of good. it.
0: I mean, you could call yourselves like a, cr- like a murder of crows or something really cool <laughs> like that. You know, for um, sure. Oh, what's the term for like a you could, Nicole? You're an educator. What's the term for like a group of photos? Is it a cluster of photos? Is it like an edit of photos? Like,
4: probably depends on how you feel about them.
0: What if you love them?
4: <laughs> <laughs> then it's your work, right? Okay, <laughs> the roles and
0: so that doesn't make okay. All right, well, sadly,
4: so um, played. That's for
0: those of uh, of our audience of the of the large format photography uh, community and audience who aren't really familiar with rolls and tubes. Who here? Who here would like to volunteer to give like a thirty second summary of what rolls and tubes is?
1: Um, I, 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 there are people pointing in directions. I think it might be at me. I'm calling. <laughs> um, and uh, rolls and tubes. Um formed out of a critique group, um, loosely formed having trouble meeting in one place, being all over the Bay area. Um, and then zoom and the pandemic happened and we had a critique in person plan, but then it ended up online. And, um, I threw it out there that, um, since people were like, I have nothing, but I could talk to some people would be nice. <laughs> um, and, uh, I just said, uh, you know, uh, make something from the history of photography with toilet paper go. And um, three of us got together that day and did something in two hours, I think um, that uh, were remarkably recognizable. (laughs) And I think like part of, part of like, I mean,
2: it's, it's now old news, um, but you know, at the beginning of the quarantine and the pandemic, there was, um, an extreme shortage of toilet paper. And so in that moment, it was like, oh my God, that's so funny. I mean, of course, as time went on, a lot of, a lot more people were doing things. Well, not a lot, some, but, um, we were certainly, I think we were kind of unique, um, in our usage, but, So you
0: specifically chose toilet paper because the whole run on toilet paper was hilarious,
2: right? Of all the things.
1: So funny, yes. It was was a little frightening, you know, and I'm gonna share a story out of school about Christy because early in the pandemic, We were having these conversations. She's like, seriously, what is going on with the toilet paper? I have to go to my corner store and he will only let me buy one at a time. One roll at a time. Uh But at the time, her husband also had like become a hobbyist winemaker. So she was sitting on like 50 gallons of, okay, red wine. And I thought, you know what? She's going to be all right in this (laughs) pandemic because she can trade in the Thunderdome.
0: I was just going to say, you're just going to like roll like a giant barrel of red wine and be like, my friends, five <laughs> cases.
3: <laughs> did you
0: actually do that, Christy? Like, did you, did you barter wine for toilet paper?
3: No, but we ended up drinking a lot of wine <laughs> over the pandemic. Thank no, God we had so it. So many shared experiences
1: in this pandemic. Mm-hmm.
0: And it is a little bit of irony that people panicked about like certain things. But one of them was like, "Oh man, I better be able to wipe my ass."
4: I mean, it speaks to a lot of our just concerns when they're reduced down to the most important things. You know what? What are what are we gonna run to the store for? What are we gonna fight people for?
2: (laughs) And it really snowballed because you know you'd. I mean, do you remember stores for? weeks and weeks and you know maybe two or three months i can't remember they were literally like empty the shelves were empty of paper towels and toilet paper it was and sanitizer you know it was was nuts it's hard to imagine now
1: like where we are now and where we were then i hate to say it but i just heard on the news like an hour ago it's happening again the toilet really? paper thing is happening again, right? Is that now. because
0: of the natural disasters? I'm like,
3: gonna
1: <laughs>
0: That's a great idea. Oh my goodness. And I've been
3: then we've had it for the last year. I'm like, let oh, fuck toilet paper. We don't need
0: it. Does that mean it'll become rolls and bidets? Rolls and fountains. I mean, because you can <laughs> incorporate rolls the and bidet. tubes, it would
3: be a different kind of tube. It's a hose. <laughs> you can incorporate
0: little water features into mm. the images.
1: Definitely like Jules Etienne Marais comes to mind.
0: <laughs> Edgerton. Edgerton. Yes. Oh my goodness. The motion.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. A little strobe on that action. <laughs> and then now each of you
0: are also obviously your photographers, right? But, you know, I believe unless I'm mistaken, you all come from relatively different photographic practices and backgrounds, um, so, um, since, since you're all in different orders on different screens, I'm just going to call out names. I'm going to ask each of you just to very quickly summarize sort of like, um, what your photographic background is and what your typical photographic prior to rolls and tubes practice actually was like what you did with photography typically. So I'm going from my, this is actually my right. It's reversed, but my right, which would be Nicole. Um, where is your photographic background and what do you typically do with photography at least pre rolls and tubes?
4: Yeah, um, I would have to say that at least academically, I have a very traditional trajectory. Um, I did all the art school things and um, had a variety of different uh, professors that I worked with and that, you know, have really influenced the things that I do and think about. But um, for me, most of my work is centered around understanding the environment that I am currently in and sort of examining both like the the more local landscape around me and then putting that into context within the larger United States. Um, but I also have a really vested interest in art history and photographic history. And so I move back and forth between processes. So a lot of the conversations of what the images are talking about are similar or overlapping, but... Uh, the way that I might go about making them changes.
0: Right. And also addendum for the audience. You also run the Diablo Valley college photography.
4: Yes, I do. Program,
0: <laughs> right. So you also <laughs> essentially run a college level photography program I do. with, if yes. I may add a brand new killer darkroom that one of these days I have to come and see. Yes. Right. So, and then <laughs> Christy, what about you?
3: I um. a, are- I mean, academically, I have a degree from UC Berkeley from about a million years ago in in art practice, but they don't have a photography degree. So okay. photography was my focus. Um, I did black and white film photography for years. My um, I'm a street photographer and documentary photographer. And I've done for work, I've done other kinds of photography, like portraits and things like that which I don't do anymore because mm-hmm.
0: I don't like it so um anyway
1: yeah Dr. okay Straight. Colleen um yeah I I have a strong academic background I have a master's degree from the University of Minnesota um, and taught for many years uh, and ran galleries for many years and um decided to throw myself into full-time art uh about 7 years ago um i work primarily um somewhere between photography and the book usually when i'm making pictures i'm thinking about a narrative sequence um and most of my work comes out of um something i've read or something that i've heard on NPR that has struck a chord um, that usually leaves me um spinning around for a year or two in this topic or subject matter and it can be anything from um urban forest degradation at the hands of man in post-Katrina, New Orleans, or to the removal of the McKinley statue in Arcata, California.
0: Okay. And Jenny, last and certainly not least, at least <laughs> would be me. I'm the host. I don't do anything. <laughs>
2: um, uh, so I um, primarily, well, I, I have been, um, pre-rolls and tubes very focused on um, 19th century process wet plate collodion making tin types um and for the last <clears throat> i would say about 10 years i 10 11 years i i was photographing skateboarders um tra- i had a have a portable darkroom and i was photographing skaters in um, in traditional portrait method not this is not like action shots of course um and uh and i've worked on a lot of still life work um i'm also a chef and so food has always been like a central thing in my brain um prepping large amounts of foods you know cleaning cases of strawberries or mushrooms or whatever um, all these um geometries and just the beauty of of these raw ingredients has always kind of been a pull for me. And so I've, I've used those um, ideas to also continue with uh, still life, tintype of that subject matter. Um, and um, I've kind of come back around to film photography, um, black and white film and Polaroid um a lot during the pandemic. Um, strangely enough, I wasn't doing a lot of tintype during the pandemic. I was doing more film photography. Um, uh, so that's kind of circling back around into my world. Okay. And how did
0: the four of you, like, meet? Colleen. Um, Colleen? Yeah.
4: Is Colleen's fault? Colleen.
3: Colleen. Yes.
2: We
4: blame Colleen. It's a, it's a
1: myth. I don't know. I guess maybe.
4: I mean, no, it's it's really true. I mean, I met Colleen at SPE. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Society of Photographic Education.
1: <laughs> yeah, we met at a regional conference in Tucson. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, and so we met there, and uh, and then I met Jenny through Epco. Right? No, yes. oh, I met really? no. How I you?
2: met Nicole. Okay, this is Jenny. I met Nicole at Colleen's holiday party.
3: Oh, and nice. Nicole
2: had just moved out here because I think you got your job, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we were chatting in Colleen's kitchen for like two hours.
4: Yes. Okay.
1: It's all coming um, back. To me neither now. of
4: us knew very many people at the party.
1: <laughs> <laughs> me either.
2: And I, knew, <laughs> and, and I met Colleen. Well, I met colleen at photo americas in portland oregon in
1: 2003 no it was the it was the one, 2005 it was, it was the lucida it was the, maybe the first lucida i don't know anyway no, yeah, yeah. no photo americas
2: and then the next one was lucida okay but then uh so we met there but then we realized that colleen and my brother had gone to high school together in san francisco uh-huh. Uh-huh. so we didn't know each other growing up but we had that weird common link yeah small town small town
1: and then
0: it's I San met Francisco tiny little place
1: it well, used to be <laughs> it, it, it will, and it can be it can be you know yeah. um yeah. and Christy and I met through uh which is this is a funny thing but we also met through a, a mutual high school friend of mine um so it's just sort of this weird meandering lines of photographers and then I think
2: Nicole and I met Christy at our first crit group mm-hmm yeah ah, okay yeah cool christy, so you no. please no, christy, go ahead
1: christy and i periodically work together on a little project in my mom's hometown in the central valley um so we we meander a bit together
3: cool <laughs> good to go back too
1: we do it's been
3: a long time
0: what what town in central valley just my own personal curiosity
3: gustine california
1: You've passed the sign for it on Highway 5, but I assure you you have never been to the P. Sue okay.
3: Anderson's. Oh
0: yes. Okay. But the
3: one closer to Northern California.
0: Right. Okay. And you might yeah.
3: be inclined to pronounce it Ju-steen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you, you form you form the group and then COVID hits and you're locked down and toilet paper is hilarious. Yes. Right? Um, what made that become like not just like sort of a, a one-off or like a little bit of a running gag and like to essentially it became its own thing right like it it's sort of like i can, i can say like haha we'll do this a couple times then we'll go do something else but, but how did it go from a chuckle snort moment to i'd
3: like to well, know that
0: too <laughs> yeah well okay for the next six months we're gonna That's shoot exactly. toilet paper right I... like
1: I'm going to just say that it was the first time I had laughed since I had entered my apartment on March 10th and not left. And that was addictive.
2: Laughed and left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We laughed crying so hard. We crying were crying real tears. We were crying. It was, it was Nicole, Colleen and me, Jenny. Um, and, we, yeah, I mean, my background picture is that first one. It's a Deon Arbus twins. And I put it together so fucking fast. Um, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Fuck it. I don't know how to do this shit. <laughs> um,
0: Sorry, Sam. And,
2: and I swear, Nicole and Colleen started laughing so hard. Um... And then I started laughing. You know, it
4: it was just, uh, you know, I, and, and so the first one I made was a Frederick Sommer cut paper piece. And I didn't want to use any toilet paper. So I just used one square.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Can't spare a square. (laughs) And
4: and I was like, okay, I can make something with this one square. And I think um, part of the, part of the like allure of 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 making these you know first and foremost obviously like we needed something to laugh about mm-hmm. you know you're surrounded by like this you know you're in a bubble and you're surrounded by like who knows what outside of that and so we needed something to laugh about but also i think it really sparked our interest in in making things that we didn't normally make as part of our photographic practice. And there's something really wonderful about that. And it became this inspirational thing where I would see what everyone else had made and I had gone, I would go like, oh man, how did I not think of that? Or look at how you you took that image and you did this thing that I would have never thought of. Mm-hmm. Um and it really challenged us creatively to to try to be as successful as possible while still being funny and still really like investigating and appreciating the history of photography.
3: Yeah, was, I mean totally all within your home and using whatever you have available to you. So that was also a challenge. Well, I'm
1: and it challenge. was but it was the it was really the the spark of it all, right? Because I mean, I was I was like spewing on my own Instagram feed things that I keep secret all the time my my embroidery and my like bad watercolor skills and you know um it was a way to make pictures that I'd never even considered making
0: Mm -hmm. right
2: and also we were like sorry um
1: like um
2: in that beginning time there were so many unknowns you know, we were at that time we were like, Oh yeah, maybe like four months. We'll, we'll be back.
0: This will be over. It'll be quick. Mm -hmm.
2: But then it kept kind of changing and, and like, you just couldn't really, um, you, you couldn't make any plans. You couldn't really do anything. Like it was a very stagnant, like stifled time. And this like, because we laughed so hard, we were like, oh my God, let's do it again tomorrow. Should we? Mm-hmm. Yes. So we did it tomorrow. And then we did it again. And I think by the th- second or third day, Colleen was like, I'm going to start an Instagram page. Um, what should we call it? And, and we were like, uh, what? Uh, okay, whatever. Um, but it it definitely gave us a purpose, a daily purpose mm-hmm. um, when we really didn't I mean, Nicole had a a serious job. She had to show up for work and teach kids how to take pictures. Just kidding. I don't mean to be a bit of a
4: That is exactly what I do. (laughs) But like, (laughs) otherwise, it was like, what the fuck? What am I going
2: to do today? What am I going to do? I don't want to listen to the news all day. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, because the Um, news is insanely depressing.
2: Yeah, and I mean, remember who was president then? Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, ugh. Give me exactly.
0: something else. So it started off as essentially therapy almost. Yeah. Right? And quickly, yeah. like within, I thought I, I thought it was like, oh, we'll do one. And then a week later, we'll do another. And, but no, it's like, it was a daily thing. It went from like therapy to like, what's, what's my daily hit. Mm-hmm. Did, did it keep that velocity?
3: It was
1: somewhere, <laughs> it was somewhere between, um, a, uh, therapeutic, moment and the irresistible urge to up the ante <laughs> <laughs> became competitive with each <laughs> other i was gonna did. say it so was incredibly competitive, competitive. There, <laughs> were, <but>
4: competitive. <laughs> there were definitely things that like we wanted to get to first <laughs> oh really like what okay like what name one like
1: well it's
3: um, always I- saying mine Fam- famously,
1: famously, Jenny and I went to the same Zoom um, lecture behind the scenes at the Museum of Contemporary Photography in Chicago. And I saw it coming that, you know, I saw Eleanor Callahan, that little tiny three and a half inch print way far in the distance. And it was coming and she's getting closer to it. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And, and I just, I texted it and said mine to Jenny. <gasps>
2: and I was like, like, I'm going to do that one. And then when Colleen texted that, I'm like, fuck.
3: Like, <laughs> That's something we never tried is doing, each of us doing the same picture.
0: Oh, okay.
3: Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: So I'm just going you know, to, because actually one of the one of the things I was hoping we could all be in the same place, at my place, I was actually like, maybe I <laughs> to collaborate on a Rolls and Tube shot live.
2: Oh, that would have been because so cool. That would
0: be yeah. with the crap I have laying around. I have some... So one of our funny toilet paper stories is um, my fiance, my long, as I always put it, my long-suffering fiance, because she has to put up with my ass. Um, during the start of the pandemic, she, like everybody else, was sourcing toilet paper. And um, her dad's side of family all from China. She has a family in Hong Kong, whatever. And so she, she found a, a great deal on toilet paper from China. And she ordered, like... <laughs> couple of cases from, from China and she's like got it and they come and they are the tiniest fucking toilet paper rolls ever like they're like <laughs> unused like like just itty bitty little itty bitty rolls of toilet paper and I was like well these are great for
1: camping maybe
0: like I'm not sure And we still have them like they're unopened oh, <laughs> like we still have
3: when you live in China, you have to pack your own toilet paper all the
0: time. Yeah, exactly. And are so they, they this are, small? <laughs> They're not that small. They are. They are larger than the ability to wipe the the crack of your fingernail, which is what those. So for the for the crowd, Jenny just showed me toilet paper rolls that were maybe
1: the size of a thumbnail.
0: Yeah, like half an inch or an inch or two centimeters for the for the European crowd. The Brits are lucky. They understand both like metric and imperial or whatever it is that we call the weird inch foot thing. they even have stone. I'm sorry. I'm going to rag on the British for a second. They have
2: still have stone. Mm -hmm. Like, I know my sister and her family still use it. It irritates the, Oh, (laughs) they don't live in England anymore.
0: (laughs) The British are weird. Jenny cusses, Jenny has cussed four times so far, by the way, Colleen is keeping track, not keeping track of me, for which I greatly appreciate. Um, so, okay. So we get to the dailies and this, um, toilet paper and it's getting competitive then. Right. But I guess, um, one of the things I was super curious, I'm going to start with Christy because your main photographic focus, I, I, I studied all of you before I came here. Um, is near and dear to my heart, which is documentary work, right? Um, which very near and dear to my heart. But obviously shooting pieces of toilet paper and, like, cardboard tubes, like, you're, it, it may be a little difficult to go out and, like, find a, a you know, like a W. Gene Smith or Eugene Richards or, like, somebody else's, like, signature image and reproduce it with toilet paper. Not to mention maybe a little weird and insulting. So for you, like... What was the biggest like switch, like the biggest thing you had to learn, or the biggest surprise, or or I don't know, just like the biggest like Whoa! moment for you really switching up your practice to something yeah. completely different? As well, it know.
3: definitely was all of that. Yes. It was very hard to find the photographers that I really love. I think I only well, I did do Kudalka and I saw that. <laughs> Robert Frank. Um, but it was really hard because most documentary pictures just aren't yeah like you said it would be insulting or weird or whatever so I did have to do things like working in more of a studio style that I just don't I don't ever do I have done I don't like it and I but I was having to sometimes use lighting and you know backgrounds and I used my daughter a lot too which was actually really nice to do (laughs) She was my main muse, my daughter and my dog, because they were what I had available right. <laughs> and they were willing. So that was good. But, but was there... it definitely was hard. And I was, at... but it was also, it brought me back to like photography and school and those, you know, all the stuff I've done in the past. It was like, right. I still remember how to do some of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was going to ask, was there something that you like, oh, okay, this actually works really well. I might be able to apply this. When, you know, six months in, we said 12 months to go, though we didn't realize it. Like next month when we're set free after six months of lockdown and I get back out there to shoot documentary work, was there any sort of technique you were like, I could use this? No. No?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I only, like, it's only made me feel like when I get back out there, I mean, I'm less practiced with getting with just taking pictures of people
0: mm-hmm.
3: without permission and without setting them up and without, you know, right. and that is something that is sort of a thing you kind of need to do on a regular basis to keep it. Yeah. You know, right. flowing, You know?
0: Yeah. Because it's not easy to, no. um, to interact with people when you're doing documentary work. When you haven't really
3: interacted with a lot of people for two years or whatever it's been. Yeah.
0: When you're used to being like, okay, toilet paper rule.
3: So it'll You're be interesting mine. to see what happens. Maybe something I've done will change. I don't really know. I haven't okay. consciously know yet. So. You'll be like, can you just hold this roll of toilet paper for a minute? <laughs> it has made me, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, we all sort of explored our own photography book collections to look for okay. images, and it made me really look at the books I have and, Look more at what kinds of photography I like to look at and why I don't.
0: Did that expand at least? I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I was hoping for some sort of aha moment, and it's actually sort of amusing that you're like, no, this is totally dependent. my different. <laughs> actual, I
3: actually have a huge stack of books next to me that I'm getting rid of, which oh. is not the first stack. Like, I've gone through and, like, this is shit. What do I have this in my library for? And this taking up space in my life. Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Okay. that well, case as doing the kind of photography I do, mm-hmm. I am not familiar with some of these people that, like Nicole, has chosen. Right. And Colleen and Jenny, but more so Nicole and Colleen, I think, because <laughs> I don't really look at still life photography or abstract stuff, or mm-hmm. right. You know, it's just not yeah, my it was self. a real learning experience. I, I mean. Lot. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to, to learn about all these other photographers.
4: I mean, I would say the the same. like a, I don't necessarily look at a lot of the the work that that Christy looks at. And so, for me, I actually I took away a lot from the work that everybody made because there were it made me feel like simultaneously excited and like, upset, you know, like, Oh, there's so many things to look at. And Oh, how have I never taken the time to look at this before, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, I think we all sort of experienced that on some level.
1: Right. And I I think that that's like an essential thing, isn't it? That there is so much photography and so many people are overlooked and, you know, how does that play out um, within the context of our massive, massive field um, and so, I mean, it's, it's exciting to, you know, to, I mean, sadly, I discovered people in my own library that I didn't know about, you know, there are some books I hadn't opened, you know, uh, and, um, I, you know, I think that in the end, uh, that's probably the best takeaway is there's so much more to see. Well,
0: actually that, that brings a boat a question um, for me right now in this moment, like you're, you're talking about sourcing, you know um, material from books and whatnot, which a lot of um, for lack of better term, like younger photographers don't necessarily have a lot of photo books, right. For them, their famous photographers might be somebody the five of us have never heard of on Instagram, Mm -hmm. right. Who've shot a bunch of editorial work for a magazine or publication. We've never heard of. So, did each of you like? Did, was for you? Was it was it books that you went to to pull these out like classics, or did you were you like, hey, did you see this image in this uh, digital publication that you know, or editorial or whatever? Like, was books your sole place to go, or did you find other places to look as time went on?
2: Well, I, I think we started with books, you know, and we. Um, I mean, we looked through our own personal libraries and then we ran out of ideas because part of it, too, was can I can I recreate this somehow? Are there circles in there that I could use a roll or the whole, you know, the tube or the roll? I mean, can I even replicate it in some way? And then, you know, sometimes I mean, at least for me, I had books that had maybe a selection of photographers and maybe I liked you know, some of them, but I only had a couple images. So then I'd look online to see what other work there was. Um, But it did get harder. Like as time went on, it's like, Oh my God, what can I actually make? You know? And so, and we did also, you know, over time we were like, we've got to find more like, I don't know. I started, you know, Women photographers was definitely, after a while, it's like, oh, my God, my library is primarily men. So I do have some favorite um, women photographers, but I want to find more imagery from them. Um, and then, I mean, for that matter, you know, after George Floyd was murdered, um, we actually took a break because we just felt like um, it was not It was not the right time to be doing this work. It seemed kind of frivolous um, in in a time of such um, horrific, you know, just horrific times, you know. And after that, it was like, all right, we need to really, like, represent all people who are making photographs and who's missing from our, like, from our libraries and who's missing from what we've been doing. Like, who's out there that we're not thinking about right
3: now? Right. You know, I think we were thinking about that even before then. It just, yeah, we were, that really pushed it, but.
4: That pushed it.
2: For the sure. whole
3: time it was really hard to find black photographers or women photographers. We found several women, but you know, that it just didn't seem right to recreate photos by, you know, a lot of people. So it wasn't, it just didn't work for what we were doing. They seemed, you didn't want to make them belittle them
4: in some way. Right. I think there's a really fine line that we started to, to, to consider, you know, we, there are images that are part of the like traditional photographic canon that I feel like are perfectly good fodder for, you know, our creative energies. And then I feel like there are people whose work we seriously, I mean, and, and this, I think, I think with all the images we made, we respect all of those photographers in terms of what it is that they're making. But I feel like there are some that are much better known in the photographic world um, and in the photo history world. And then there are other photographers who we sort of pinpointed and made a piece because we wanted more people to be directed to them, you know? So, um, but there's a really fine line there. And we tried to be uh, as appreciative of the originals as we possibly could, mm-hmm. I think, regardless of, of what we were doing.
0: Right. Cause I was, I was going to ask actually you specifically, um, since you, you are, uh, so active in education, right? Like how do you define like what is classic, what is part of the canon that, um, can be used for this, but also as you're casting your net wider to newer photographers who may not have a lot of books or, or widely well-known, um, basically what is acceptable subject matter for kind of a a lighthearted group therapy but at the same time like you're going to represent photographers who are underrepresented in a in a a fun and interesting way so like how do you decide who to go for you know in a good way like not Mm -hmm. a bad way um not like going after somebody with with like the, the the cop with the with the spray, you know. But to to go and and find work that's interesting and can be used, um, in a way that's you're complimenting them even while you're having fun, basically.
4: No, it's a really good question, and you know I don't know if we necessarily have a straightforward answer for it because I think again all of our interests are really varied, or like the work that we're drawn to is distinctly different uh for the four of us but i think that you know um there were some instances like i will i will pick one um i made uh, a piece uh, after a christopher williams photograph and i intentionally did it because because his work is so incredibly conceptual and on some level not at all about photography but about like the the materiality of photography. It's not necessarily about the photograph. Um, and so I wanted to point at that one and sort of maybe, maybe not necessarily knock it down a few, but like, you know, go like, okay, I can, I can do this too. <laughs> and, um, but for the most part, you know, it's a, it's that space between appreciation and respect and, Uh, notoriety Mm -hmm. and, um, and humor, which is like a really weird sphere to navigate. Mm -hmm.
0: And and I guess for the photographers whose work you, um, you use or any of them is a weird question to ask, but any of them living and know that you Use the image, and if so, what was their reaction?
1: Yeah, actually, um, I um, my very first one was David Maisel's, um, one of his test buildings um, from proving ground.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, and he's a local photographer, and I know him. So, um, when I um, initiated uh, the idea of the Instagram account, I asked him, "Hey, like, okay. okay, is it okay? <laughs> I did I did a thing." <laughs> I emailed it to him. (laughs) I mean, how could you not see it? (laughs) But, um, you know, I mean, uh, sure. Yeah, we tagged him. Okay. (laughs) No, he liked it. I mean, I I wouldn't say it was enthusiastic. (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, I haven't gotten any cease and desist papers or anything like that. So I feel like we're still friends.
3: We've always tagged every photographer, though. So. Yeah, living uh, in They recordings. were
1: yeah,
2: and Ken actually was super stoked um, when I tagged him. Um, he was <laughs> Ken so Rosenthal. happy. Yeah, Ken. Ken Rosenthal. He was super happy and honored. It was like it was kind of like a, a an Aliankovich you know, yeah. moment where um, uh, if you get spoofed, like it is an honor, and um, that's how I felt. Um, Ken was. Look at this.
3: We had somebody um, contact us, some random person on Instagram, asking if we would do her photo. <laughs> oh,
0: well, okay. One, was their photo interesting? Was it good?
3: There wasn't any one particular photo, I, think. I don't think. Uh, anything? We, I think Instagram. cannot
1: confirm or deny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're influencers. You were reached out by a photographer to work because you are influencers. You have entered the realm. Is that uh, what that is? That is exactly what that is. <laughs> could you promote my work? Could you do one of mine? Jenny, could you do one of mine?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I i mean, didn't we talk about also like doing one of each of
1: ours? Like we never did it, but
2: we thought it would be funny.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there are different kinds of challenges that you could do within the context of this sort of rule-based um exercise that we were uh enmeshed in. (laughs) Um but you know I mean I think as just going back to the idea of these photographers, you know, I mean sometimes we were ribbing and sometimes it was homage and sometimes it was to raise the profile, you know.
0: Um, So at what point did the the Instagram account start to get traction and you're like, oh Wait a second. There's a lot of people looking at these. Other people liking these. Like, at what, at what moment was there this sort of light bulb of like, oh, cr- oh crap? We've <laughs> I done
2: do something. remember at one point Colleen saying, "We
1: we got a <laughs> hundred, we had a hundred followers. We had a hundred followers." And and Christy, who's the mother of teenagers, immediately said, "That's nothing." <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about?
3: My kids get like 500 likes per photo.
1: Yeah, we're not not showing enough skin. They should try to be a professional
2: (laughs) photographer and and then they'll get reality set
1: in. Yeah, nobody will like anything anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I think actually for me um, was the moment where um, Nicole, and it wasn't, it was after a hundred followers, but maybe before 200, Nicole texted me. Did you notice that ex-curator is following us? Oh, Oh, yeah. And and, and I was like, should we follow them back? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to seem too eager.
2: (laughs) Colleen, Colleen, like, you are, like, truly, like, what you brought to, like you, you put it on Instagram, you knew, you knew about algorithms, you knew about hashtagging, you knew about all that stuff. I mean, I, I can't speak for Nicole and Christy. I, but I think I can speak for Nicole. We didn't know how that all worked. (laughs) That's how you get people's attention. I mean, I kind of had an idea, but you know, the power of all that stuff, um, is real. And, um,
1: yes, you know, actually you just made me realize something that like, you know, maybe, maybe I've realized it periodically over the year, but you know, all of us have Instagram accounts. All of us have wildly fabulous websites that you should all come visit, but (laughs) you, we have been playing, we are not Women, we are women of a certain age, and we have been at this for a long time. And it took a bunch of pictures of fucking toilet paper for people to pay attention to us. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm all right with it. (laughs) I made made some weird, different work for me and it's okay because it becomes a calling card that's really valuable. And I think that that could be maybe the most valuable takeaway to anybody who's like listening to this Maybe (laughs) is that like, sometimes if you play outside your box, you win, you know, like I feel like this has been massively helpful in people directing themselves to my other work.
0: Is that the same for for the other the other three of you, Jenny, uh, Christine, Nicole?
2: I th- I think so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like I noticed crossover for sure. Um, I mean, the way we would post work, um, you know, we had <clears throat> we always linked each other. Um, we we were all connected with it, and. I think because everyone had so much time um, unlike at any other time in their lives, you know, people of our generation who might not have spent so much time on their time on their devices, suddenly, you know, there was that time, there was really a way to discover new, new um, artists, you know, mm-hmm. people um, on social media sites. And, and so yeah, I, I think that there was definitely, I don't know, Nicole and Christy. Did you notice that too?
3: I don't know. You know,
4: it's a good. It's a really good question. I think. I think there were some very interesting um, conversations and opportunities that came out of the work, like like just being able to do things like like this. Um, you know, we did a couple other um, online virtual talks with different, uh, photographic institutions. And, um, and then from some of those conversations, at least in my case, um, you know, you get to start to, to network, um, and talk about your other work too. And so, you know, I, I think, I think we all maybe had a little bit of that in different, in different forms.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you, do you agree with that, with that Chrissy? I mean, oh, yeah. once you're able to get out there and start doing documentary work again, have you found that you might have some more opportunities than you otherwise might have had for for your work or for your library of work that's already existing? Or uh,
3: I don't know that it would necessarily be from roles and tunes mm-hmm. So I
0: don't know. Right. And I don't mean to, to pick on uh-huh. you in particular, but, you know... <laughs> but I kind of am just because your background and your focus is a little bit different than clean Nicole and Jenny's. So yeah. it's, it's a pretty interesting, I won't say edge case, but it's just an interesting thing. Um, that I sometimes just come back to and I go, I wonder about Christy. Um, <laughs> so it starts to become popular. Like this is going in, you know, in, in di- in order of time, I guess. And then at some point in time, like when did you start getting like calls from, you know, magazines like you were in lens scratch, and SPE came calling in you who's the vanguard of photography culture? Like you got pinged by the vanguard of photography culture.
1: <laughs> Actually, yeah. you know, I think we had like a dozen pictures done when we first heard from um John Feinstein, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and camera work. Um yeah. and I think it goes back to that thing that like people were just consuming much more social media at the time, you know, they were home. It was like the elixir to the daily press conference, the -hmm. coronavirus task force, um, you know, and so people were seeing it and more quickly than they would have. And I, Nicole, I feel like I'm repeating what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, um, It was, it was immediate. There was, that was, I mean, and that also drove us a little bit too. I mean, it was, um, it it, it was encouraging that people were seeing it and engaging with it Mm -hmm. and enjoying it. Um, Mm -hmm. But you
3: know, that being said
1: we really were doing it for each other, like. And for ourselves. I mean. And for ourselves. I mean. Did you like chortle on your own in your darkened space trying to make a picture of a toilet paper tube? Well, yes. I mean, balancing, <laughs> balancing seven <laughs> toilet paper tubes and swearing at them and then just like laughing. <laughs> it was really,
4: you know, I was, so I was still teaching. We had to obviously like shift to fully online classes, but it was like this wonderful ending to my day. Like I would be on zoom for hours and hours and hours, which is wonderful. And my students were fabulous. And so I don't want to, you know, it was great. Like they did an awesome job, (laughs) but, uh, but then I would get off of zoom and I would be like, okay, I can go explore photographs for a while. And then I can take my camera and try to do something. And like that, just having that, time and intentionally setting aside that time and being really deliberate. It, it was, it was really important to give, at least for me to feel like I was giving myself something, uh, a goal. Um, And there, and because I had such a weird schedule at that time, there were days when I would actually like, if I had a day, I would make like four in a day. (laughs) You did, <laughs> yeah, because I knew that I wouldn't have time, oh and so I would just go like, okay, <laughs> I, I've been thinking about these for like a couple days now. <laughs> well, yeah, probably- so
2: Eric, like in the beginning, we were each making one every single day, and then after mm-hmm. a while, we're like, can we? Like, I literally am not doing anything except this. Can we <laughs> change it somehow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like one a day from one of us, and then. You post every fourth day, and we're like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's do that instead. Mm -hmm. Because it literally, like, every single day we each were
3: doing it, it was was intense. Mm -hmm. That is, Um, yes, can you you should post a picture? And I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) and I thought she meant one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we (laughs) broke you (laughs) in, and then when I didn't (laughs) post a couple days later, she's like, What are you going to post your picture? Your your, next, your your turn. What do you mean your next picture? A year later, <laughs> hundred photos later, you know.
0: Right. Well, and it's it's uh, going right back to Nicole's point of you know in what is now a virtual world for like most of us up like, in our houses, it seems like it's a physical practice. Like you get off the screen and you grab mm-hmm. something. You have something in your hands, and like in your case, Christy, your daughter, or somebody's cat, or whomever to work with and actually interact with something right there in front of you mm-hmm. versus like what we're doing right now, staring at each other in a screen, which for most folks is still a reality. Most of us are still remote, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is shockingly depressing. <laughs> um, damn it. So, um so that must have just been also besides the laughter you know some form of the therapy of actually doing something physical
2: totally
3: yeah. and yeah. the accomplishment that you felt after doing it mm-hmm. right. yeah yeah totally christy i was thinking about this with your time
2: yeah cuz like it was a challenge but it was an achievable challenge you know um and it and also like the um the uh the bar was always being raised because um, I don't know. I think we, maybe we all feel this way. I feel like none of you could feel this way about me, but that's because, uh, because, but like the three of you, like every time you guys posted, I was like, Oh my God, I have to up my game. Like, that is so good. What am I, what am I not doing right? <laughs> you know, Or whatever it was. But you know,
1: <laughs> we did
2: all
0: had Ever find yourself at a point where you just like had a bunch of toilet paper and like a photo in front of you, by Disnoir or somebody, you're like, just like throw them across the room and swear a bunch of good stomping away, swearing that yes. you're done with this forever?
2: Well, we did yes. toilet paper because, you it's know, valuable. right. It's it's valuable. Valuable. Yeah. I used to, but,
3: yeah. to text her at midnight saying, fuck this. I can't talk. <laughs> I think we uh, Sorry,
1: did you... I'm sorry, Christy, did you say sometimes? (laughs) Almost every... (laughs) Every... And it was like... Here's my
3: photo, it's total shit.
1: It was like, 11 o'clock was like, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm not doing this, it's a total failure. Midnight was like, I think it's workable. And then, like, somewhere long after I'd gone to bed, there was, like, all of this information and imagery passed.
2: And then, like, an amazing fucking post. (laughs) I mean, I didn't know about any of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think for me at the beginning, you know, I just was really interested in the physicality of the toilet paper. Um, And I had, I had a you know, this little backdrop on my on my deck that I was photographing my artist books with. And so that became sort of my little studio. But it was really very connected to the toilet paper. Um, and they were simple. But four or five of them into it, Nicole said, you know, you should look at Erin Sheriff. We just saw her work at SF MOMA and you have a setup for it. And, you know, I had forgotten about that work. And um, it changed. That picture changed my game completely. It was the first time I thought to scan the toilet paper. Um, it was the first time that I thought to like construct more than just the physical object of the toilet paper. Um, I had made a really um, elaborate construction of um, of Alex Soth's um, little um, ice house um, from Sleeping by the Mississippi. Um, carefully painting little tiny pieces of toilet paper laundry for a laundry
3: <laughs> But
1: I was still <laughs> like, so cute. really like, you know, just very moored in simplicity and the expansiveness came a later, you know?
4: I think for me, like that was, that was kind of the game for me. Like I really got some weird joy out of figuring out all the different ways that I could, and I know you laughed when Colleen said this, Eric, but the physicality of the toilet looking. paper is important. <laughs> oh, so important.
0: That's such a good turn of phrase. You oh, just
1: never God.
4: understand until you try. Exactly. Like once that's all you have to work with, you you look at it really closely. But mm-hmm. but I mean, I the, for me, it was like, I could use it in all these different ways. And I ended up making collages with it and like, photographing it and then intentionally like refotographing it or photographing it and then printing it out on a really terrible printer and then cutting it up and then pasting it together and like uh, using it um, for material um, for a cyanotype, like just to, you know, create a shape on a, on a, on a cyan- piece of cyanotype paper, like all these different things. I used stock photography of toilet paper <laughs> Like, like it just, it was this really kind of weird headspace that I got into where I was like, okay, all right, what's the way that I can like, how can I do it this week that is distinctly different from the last time and the time before? And it was like a really weird challenge. I really enjoyed that part of it.
3: I
2: have to say, listening to you, Nicole, I like, i I kind of miss it. I miss that time because you're like, no, no, I mean, I'm kind of not so busy right now with things and I haven't been able to create anything lately. And I miss that every day I had to make something. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know, I was accountable to my fellow uh, tubers and tubers tubers. And I, and um, I, I miss that, you know, requisite creation daily creation
0: i do so what is the current velocity like are you for still making those images are you taking a break is it like once a month or is it just it's a com-
4: it is a completed project it is done and yes. we
1: um and we've focused a great deal of time over the last 6 months um working on a book and as nicole starts talk was talking about the physicality of the material I was reflecting on the fact that the um, that the piece that we've made um, has some of that in it. You know, mm-hmm. it has the toilet paper texture, and it, because it's, what we've made is a box of flashcards, um, an artist book, um, oh. and um, so it's a box that you open, and when you open it, you're you're greeted with a pattern of toilet paper inside. So what would be an end sheet on a traditional book, a patterned book paper. Um, is is the interior of this box uh, much like it's the interior space of all of this work
2: um, you heard it here first this is like literally the first time we've spoken to anybody except us about the book about the book oh <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. well then
2: <laughs> f-y-i <laughs> let's
0: talk about that. so let's talk about the book then um how i like, went from this is some, you know, uh, well, almost immediately, right? You started to get some recognition. Where did, like, well, first we'll start with, where did the book materialize from? Do you have a publisher? Or are you self-publishing it? Did someone come to you and say, we would like to publish a book?
2: <laughs> well, the easy answer is we're self-publishing. Okay. Um, I don't remember actually how we started on the topic of a book.
1: Um, I'm always pushing for the book form. It might've been my fault, but I like many things, apparently like the Instagram and making
2: recreating pictures, of toilet paper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The whole thing.
4: We blame you. Yes. We blame you
1: entirely. But I think, I mean, you know, to the point of the question of like, did somebody come knocking or what have you, um, there needed to be a bookend to this time, you mm-hmm. know, there needed to be um a, something to like maybe refine. I don't know. To, was that to... was that a pun? Was that that was a pun,
4: right? A bookend to I, okay, I sorry,
1: sorry. Yeah, no,
0: no, it was, it was, it was. I thought it was both poetic and punny.
1: <laughs> but um I mean I think you know the investigation of a book, you know, in the photography realm is one that's very complex and there's a lot of you know um people making money usually not the photographers um so yeah. for me it's unquestionably unless somebody comes calling and says you are gonna be treated like Richard Abaddon <laughs> I'm making <laughs> my own <laughs> you know right um
0: you're so, rolling your own
1: uh, yes yeah. uh, <laughs> But, you know, and I, and I think that that collaboration and being able to work service only ourselves in the creation of a work mm-hmm. um, has made something that's quite beautiful um, and collaborative.
4: And I think we all also, because of, I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say that's because of the type of photographers we are, but uh i think we all desired to make something physical um we we really wanted to see what these things could do outside of social media right
2: and also some of the work um you know we submitted work to calls um to contests and stuff and some of the work you know was printed and hung on a wall Mm -hmm. so we were like okay so it can be a physical thing. It's not just, um, a virtual, uh, virtual body of work. It can be, it can be something physical. So, you know, and last summer we did a fundraiser, um, uh, where, you know, people donated, I think it was a hundred dollars to any of, you know, a selection of, um, uh, organizations supporting, um, Black Lives Matter and stuff Mm. like that. Um, then we, uh, they could get a print and we had four prints on offer, one from each of us. And so, you know, at that, I think maybe that was the first time we saw them printed Mm -hmm. and it was like really flipping cool to see them, Mm -hmm. um, hold them in our hands. Like it really was like, Whoa, this is so great. I mean, of course, you know, we're all photographers here. The actual object is far superior to anything right. on Instagram or face, you know, computer screen. So, um, um, I don't know, maybe that planted a seed that we didn't really even think about at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Were you able to use any, I'm assuming, actually, I'm assuming not, but that's the question in the book itself, because the images are, you know, I will not say reproductions, but homages mm-hmm. to pre-existing work. Um, you just say this is like the name of the, of the work that it's based off of and if somebody wants to know what that is they can go look it up themselves because right. otherwise yes. the rights issues so would be- yeah
1: so the licensing would be pretty pricey on say i don't know an edward weston and yeah, so well. i mean there was definitely the opportunity if we wanted to with living photographers to get permission and i feel like that wouldn't have been hard um but the purity of reproducing the curiosity and the excitement okay. of that first day when, when Jenny put up those two chubby rolls of toilet paper with little tiny bow ties made out of toilet paper tube on them. <laughs> and I said, oh my God, it's the Dean Arbus. I want that for every person who opens this box. Mm-hmm. You know, I want people to say, Oh, that's Anna Atkins. And then, you know, go to another one and say, I I don't know who that is. And I still don't know who that is. And now I'm going to Google who that is.
0: Are the the images laid out in the order of creation or did you sequence them?
4: They are in chronological order based on the date of the original photograph. So they're in the hist- they are arranged in a oh. history of photography.
0: In the originals' historic yes. context, yes. not so the and historical context. Yeah, because
4: exactly. we we're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, so you start in... What's the earliest one we have? It's the Atkins, it, right? Is that...
1: Um, no, I think it's, uh, it's... No, it's your Talbot.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah, so we start in the mid 19th century
1: in the beginning some of the british audience may be familiar with mr <laughs> fox talbot
2: Mister, talbot.
1: <laughs> and also with anna atkins <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah and so we have a pretty good uh, the the other thing that was really interesting about that process and putting them in the actual historical chronology was seeing what a wide range we actually had
1: mm-hmm. by accident
4: but totally, totally by, by accident. accident yeah totally by accident
0: so we know what the oldest one is what is the most recent Where is it what's the what's the bookend of, of the bookend what is what
1: is what, it
2: what is, what it, is the date
1: is
4: colleen is it yours is this is the Aaron sheriff
1: it might be the Aaron sheriff yeah yeah i think but it well, is. What, is, what year is that
4: one that's
2: it's like 2019
1: 20.
4: yeah there you go
1: yeah oh yeah because
2: i have a 2016 in there
1: Yeah. um, And, you know, we did a little bit of writing um, for the book uh, collaboratively. um, Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we urge the viewer to do is to find their own sequence. I mean, one of the opportunities of a book that is um, in sheets um, is to create your own narrative.
0: Right. Yeah, which is actually, that reminds me of uh, Dorothea Lange's exhibit at the California Museum of Oakland, where they went very much into her, her practice of, of very aggressively cropping to fit okay. narratives and arranging. And they actually had, had workstations where you could take a section of her work and lay it out in different orders and also play with cropping, which I thought was a very interesting thing. Um, one a very interesting thing to just acknowledge, like how much, especially with her work and other work of uh, document photographers, and, like the F64 group, whatever, like cropping makes a, a can be a huge difference,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, versus like purists like Henri Cartier-Bresson, who's just like the entire negative or nothing.
3: So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, actually he wasn't quite like he was a very nice gentleman, but still like very politely the entire frame or nothing. Andre.
2: everybody has their way you
0: know but um but to see kids like teenagers sit down and look at it and then start to do that and play with those was really cool yeah. I thought to experience as just an observer of um of a museum exhibit plus I mean Dorothea Lange was a goddess who was amazing and like whose work should be worshipped <laughs> forever but I I have opinions on these things but I might um but back on topic actually did anybody do a Dorothea Lang? anybody
3: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You did, Jenny.
2: Yeah. Did you?
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. Which,
2: which one? Um, it is like Highway 45 or something in Arizona. Is that what it is? I can't even remember the actual thing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there was one that Jenny, I think you kept sending to me, saying you got to do this one, and it was Dorothea Lang sitting on the top of a car. Oh, oh yeah. Why didn't cab- you?
2: That would have been so good. <laughs> I just couldn't see. <laughs> You yeah. <laughs> don't Let's see. I'm I'm looking it up right now.
1: Oh, I got it. Yeah, got it? the road west. The road west. The road west. Yes. west. Well, that yes. was your that was your title. Hers was the road west U.S. fifty four. Yours was the road west T.P. fifty four.
2: Right. <laughs> nice. Because you have to have T.P. Yeah. Another thing, you know, with the whole series was our. Our play on the titles retitling them you know yeah. which was which was really fun I mean it was it was yeah it was all yeah it was really fun
1: just at 1 30 in the morning when Christy would think she was done she'd have to title it
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. and then she'd go back to texting you I can't do this
1: <laughs> oh yeah
2: yeah it's that copy was hard
0: <laughs> but um so the the, you have the book self-published. How do people well I have a few questions around that, but like how do people get it?
1: Well, um the the preferred uh, method would be to go to rollsandtubes.com and um, click the button that used to say gimme a book. <laughs> it used but to say it, it did um we went into pre-sale on the 23rd uh and 19 hours later we sold out
0: was that an expected
1: outcome? No.
0: Or was that, there like another series of texts of like, oh my God, oh my god, oh my god.
1: <laughs> no, not that quickly. No. Not that quickly. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, so, we knew that it would sell out, but not that quickly.
0: Less than 24 hours.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, if yeah, that only, was
4: nuts.
0: Was there like a mic drop? Or like it was point?
4: very intense.
2: Like it's funny I, that you said that mic drop, because that's what we used to always. Text each other after we posted my mom, I think. Oh my god, that's no. funny. <laughs> mom <emojis> are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the biggest mic drop, I guess,
0: um, of them all. Yeah. Which is maybe a fitting end, right? Because you're no longer doing the work. At what point in time did you decide, okay, like the world is opening back up, or we're tired of this? Or like what was the impetus to stopping? I guess to deciding we're gonna stop and we're gonna bookend. We're gonna to get to the last the last sheet of paper on the roll. Gonna pull it and then like be done with this.
1: Things and, just got and, busy. Okay, yeah. Things got busy. the the uh, The world wasn't totally open yet when we started to slow it. Um, to I think like once every five or days or something like that. One of us would put something up. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it it just um it was simply and it was funny how and this is probably a very common experience I think for people that. Once things started to open a little and we started getting just a little bit busy, it was like so overwhelming.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, like
1: I have to leave my house today, you know, like oh my god, you know, I'm gonna have to do this and I'm gonna have to do that. And I did three things today, you know, and it became yeah. hard to maintain that practice, but it also um meant that you know our individual practices were um opening up more too. Right. And yeah. Did- I- Go ahead. No, I totally, I totally agree with that.
4: I think um, there just became like that feeling that all of a sudden, oh, I could go outside today. Oh, (laughs) and, and, and those things started to creep back in and, Mm -hmm. and yeah, finding that time um, became a little bit more, a little bit more challenging.
0: And you didn't need that physicality, that like non-screen time, right? right exactly um do you plan on doing since the first run edition one sold out in some 24 hours
1: oh.
0: are you thinking of, of doing another run like and or are you just are sort of like eh.
1: we actually are focused right now on a, a large um retrospective of the work (laughs) that's going to open in a week and a half at the Philadelphia Photo Art Center uh, as a part of the 2020 um, Photo Fest. Um, And that exhibition is uh, has been produced there and it'll be available for touring. Um, So we're looking to get back on the walls. Cool. Yeah,
2: so that that goes up as Colleen said in a couple weeks and it'll be up there through the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're hoping to move it, you know, to some new walls in 2022. Okay. So Uh, you're
0: you're looking to do like to take the collection and have a a traveling exhibit. Yeah. That's awesome. Are you going to go to the opening in Philadelphia? That's the other question. Like, you know, like it becomes overwhelming to think of of things that we used to do common. Like I'm just going to, I'm not going to adjust, but we'll get on a plane and go to this, like, Moment of that's really awesome, but like Delta variant, like, do, do are you we even
1: now yet? I'm not sure we know.
0: Have you decided? So,
1: Christy and I might be
2: going, we're still talking about it. <clears throat> so there's either going to be two of us or none of us. Um, unfortunately. I mean, we all really like, we were all going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we were looking at Airbnbs. We were totally planning to go. Um, and then we were gifted with the Delta variant right. um, and that kind of changed things. Um, yeah.
1: You know, I mean, in the I, one of the sort of upsides of all of this is that we know that we can do an artist talk online if that mm. has to happen, that kind of thing, you know, I, it, it, I'm so disappointed and, it, you know, and this is starting to affect other shows, you know, down the line that I have too, you know, like, it's just, um, it seems like sort of an endless default mm-hmm. right now. Unfortunately. Right. It,
0: it's kind of a sad irony actually
3: mm-hmm.
0: that like you're able to have a physical show, but because of COVID, once again, you're not actually able to go and be there. But at the same time, that little bit of freedom of restriction like ended the project in the first place. So it's done, we're free, we're doing a few things. it also like, we're doing a few things because more than like two things a day with more than three people is just stressing as fuck. But then there's an art gallery opening where there'll be 50 people there and like, it's all.
1: And that is actually a really important point though. You know, it's... six months ago, this particular space that's hosting the show was not physically open. They were hosting exhibitions on the exterior of their building. Um, we were not going into museums, you know, and right. now it, uh, while, you know, I'm not sure I would go to an opening locally, uh, I will go to a museum, you know, with a timed mm-hmm. entry and, and see things physically. And I, you know, at least there's that. And it's really exciting because we have sized the images to match the originals where we could. Okay. Um, so trying to be, um, to bring that physicality to the work, um, from the physicality of making the work, I guess. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think it is, it's, it, it is the best of all worlds that there are shows back on malls.
3: Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if people, you know, the, for the, so for the moment, sadly, like the, the book is sold out. I'm highly encouraging you to do another run so I can get one. Um, are, are, are people able to buy prints, reproductions, you know, be able to say to get the cadelka the or, sorry, I love the cadelka, by the way, Christy. <laughs> I just saw that and I was like, oh, that's, that shot was genius. Sorry, I'm fanboying. Um, but to, to be able to get
1: selected prints or? Yeah, for now, we would uh, refer people to the Philly Photographic Art Center as they're representing the work through December.
0: Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm
1: cool yeah yeah i mean and we're really we're really thrilled to have them doing that um um and to hopefully throw some commissions back their way um mm-hmm. for being uh, a stalwart and important um organization in their community for photography and i think
2: i mean didn't weren't they following us and that's how we
1: mm-hmm.
0: were they the curator you're like
1: there's a curator following <laughs> us. I mean, they are not the curator, but <laughs> someone there was one, one, of one, one of them. One of them.
0: Yes. One of them. One of the curators following <laughs> us. to trio. What's what? Not a big deal. You no,
1: know, and I think the thing about Philly Photo Art Center that's interesting is that they kind of pride themselves on premiering work. You know, being oh. the first show uh, for an artist, and so um, for them to be the first ones showing this exhibition mattered to them. So
0: nice. Then I guess to sort of to, to wrap it up because the project is wrapped up and, and you're, you're all moving on to face, What would be one thing for each of you, I'm going to go in the opposite direction this time, uh, that you sort of, that you took away from this project or this time, like you, you essentially went through this entire CoVID thing. you found um, new, new friendships, new relationships, new ways of seeing photographs, all sorts of stuff. Right happened, but if there's one important takeaway for each of you from doing this this art therapy through COVID and everything else, what would that single takeaway be, Jenny? Sorry, Jenny, on my side, starting with you.
2: Um, I wonder if we're all going to say about the same thing. I think for me, it is um, is uh, to really just. Um, Try something new, do something completely um, out of out of my comfort zone and my my normal practice. Um, what kind of a photographer am I? Whatever, like just try it. Mm-hmm. you know, just go for it. Um, I mean, I kind of had to do that anyway with wet plate with tin types. you just have to do it and see um, what's gonna happen. Um, but this pushed that even further. Um, to just, you know, you, you, you will never, never get anywhere if you don't just try something.
1: I would say, um, don't be afraid to work outside of your well-worn paths. Don't be afraid of failure. Try it a 12th time which is what Nicole usually told me about midnight myself. (laughs) I don't know. I think the shadow is deeper and it was shot in a tube.
4: I'm sorry. I was that person.
1: (laughs) But I mean, yeah, the, the, that is the thing. And it is basically saying the same thing that Jenny said a little differently, but you know, um fear of falling is huge when you put yourself out as an artist, you know? And so, um, yeah, you know, fall. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Repeatedly on the same image and text <laughs> Nicole about it.
1: Fucking okay, Weston. <laughs> there, it's large format. There we go. <laughs> There's our
0: tie-in, ladies and gentlemen. There's our tie-in. Woo! Christy?
3: Um, I would just kind of say the same thing that, you know, sort of pushing your envelope and whatever, you know, doing, I mean, it was really invaluable in a lot of ways to do things I haven't done in years or do things I have never done, and to look at photographers and work that I've never looked at. And I feel like I learned a lot. And it was really great in that way, even in terms of working collaboratively in terms of making a book using Instagram, all of it has been a big learning experience and invaluable in so many ways. And it pushed me to do things that I am not comfortable doing, such as artist talks on Zoom and things like that. It just has always made me nervous to do that kind of thing. So it's been good to push me to do those things. And it's helped. I think it helps. We'll see how it works out in the future. (laughs)
0: I'm going to say well I'm just going to be you know an optimist I'm going to be a cheesehead from Wisconsin and be like it's going to be awesome okay blame my parents (laughs) and Nicole
4: I think well Christy used the word but um for me collaboration which is a thing that I don't think any of us do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was totally yes. a new Thank world. You. I think for all of us, and you know, while we weren't collaborating on each image, you know, there was this continuous dialogue, this continuous like back and forth about different photographs and photographers and things we were thinking about. And then, obviously, when it came to the production of the of the book, like that, then became this whole other conversation. Um, and all of that for me was new It's completely new and kind of fascinating um because it's it it is an entirely new way of of thinking about how you're making work and also being able to get. Um, almost like instantaneous feedback because we're all sort of working in the same, you know, we're having this com- ongoing conversation. And so, you know, we could, we could really bounce things off of one another and in a way that you wouldn't normally get had we stayed as a critique group, right? You know, working on our discrete projects and being a little bit more distanced from one another.
2: That is such a good point because in a way, it was still a critique group.
1: Yes. In this weird, I never really thought about that, but it's so true. But it was a low risk. It was a low personal risk critique group where like this thing we were doing, it wasn't serious, like art, art, you know? And so, um, but with every day, it became more and more serious. And it was like the work, the essential work.
2: And we were also like, I don't know, I, like there were moments where it was like, how do I clean? Like, I don't know. Little lessons in Photoshop. <laughs> Shh. I heard so, nothing. Tin typist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you all four of you, Jenny, Colleen, Christine, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on to this uh, called Pirate Radio no Simon, no Andrew USA edition of the large Ramp photography <laughs> podcast. And uh, I can't wait to see the work when it comes here to the San Francisco Bay area. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. I hear um, there's a gallery opening in Oakland.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there might be, there might be. Um, and for those of you who are over on the opposite coast, you should definitely go see the show in Philly or That's go to the website rolls and tubes. Oh, one last thing, one last thing. For each of you, I'll go That's the opposite direction. I just keep going in different circles. No, I'm going to go to a different place. Let me start with Colleen this time. Um, how can people see and find your work online individually? So, Colleen, where can people see what it is you do when you're not doing rolls and tubes, which you're not doing anymore?
1: Um, I'm at ColleenMullins.net, two L's, two E's, two L's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Instagram account, anything like that? Yes, just... I'm,
1: on, I'm on Instagram too. Okay. Colleen underscore Mullins underscore photography. Um, and that you might also find some books and embroideries and <laughs> rando paintings.
0: <laughs> All right, Christy?
3: Um, I have a website, christymcdonald.net and I'm at M photo on Instagram where you'll okay. see probably a lot of pictures of water. I swim in the Bay and nice. I, that's my beautiful obsession for the past year has been taking pictures of water. So.
4: Cool. Nicole. Uh, you can find me at nicolewhite.net, and other Nicole white is my Instagram. And um, cause I'm the other one. If you Google, it's amazing how many Nicole white artists there are and how many oh, Nicole started. white photographers there are. It's actually really impressive. So I'm the other Nicole White.
0: Did you ever think of having like a Nicole White group show?
4: Mm, that <laughs> is an excellent idea and maybe in the near future.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Happy to help. I'm here for you.. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just throw things out there and just if somebody sticks with it, that's cool. Um, Jenny, how do people get how do people see your work?
2: Um, I am at je and my Instagram is Jenny Sampson Photography and also Jenny Ruth 22. Um, and by the way, if you go to tubes and rolls, tubes, undersc- no, rolls underscore. And. And underscore tubes.
1: You can see the whole breadth of our project.
2: Our link's. To us are on there as well in case anyone can't write fast enough while listening to this podcast you
1: can, <laughs> google, you can google it you can google
0: us <laughs> go to the googles my son go to the googles well again thank you very much for coming on I just I had a blast I'm bummed we couldn't get together in person curse the covid's but sometime in the future I am looking forward to it
4: so. thank you so much Eric yeah, it welcome Thank you. This was great. Super fun.
0: And
3: Bye. 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 Bye.